This is the Come Follow Me podcast with Jaron Bunny. Each week, I'll get with a group of church members from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints in the Los Angeles area to discuss the Come Follow Me manual. None of us are appendixes. Like, we're all here Mm -hmm. to serve a function. Paul's personal testimony of it. I was just surprised by how powerful that was. Their interpretations, feelings, and insights to help you study. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Come Follow Me Podcast. This week I had Jordan and Julia over, and a little fun tidbit, there's no central air in my apartment, and we got really hot really fast while we were recording, so you'll definitely hear us talk about it a couple times, because we were sweating. So let's get started. Okay, welcome back to another episode of Come Follow Me. Uh, today we're studying 1 Corinthians 14 through 16. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Mm-hmm. Um, who do I have here today? Jordan. All right, Jordan. <laughs> and you've been in the ward how long? Three years. Almost. Not quite. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And? I'm Julia. Julia. I've been in the ward almost four years. And oh, no way. Actually, like, less than a month. Wow. Wow. September 15th. Nice. 2015. Don't you feel like the ward has like looks so different now? I like oh, came crazy. to church today and I'm like, I probably, if I went up to bear my testimony, I would have to introduce myself because yeah. so many people are new. Yeah. yeah. Every <laughs> day I'm like, who is that? No <laughs> idea. So it was kind of fun, yeah. but um, all right. So I always ask my guests and they always kind of get freaked out, but overall feelings. Yes. How, like, what did you feel after studying Come Follow Me this lesson? Okay. I feel like... We'll get to it. Yeah. But like one of the main topics in here is like, why did Paul say that women should be silent in church? Oh, yeah. So that was kind of a like, oh, uh, <laughs> um, like yeah. a nice jumping point for me. <laughs> but I feel like everything else was just nice. It was um, the I mean, the topics in the manual are like, I can seek the gift of prophecy. Jesus Christ gained victory over death. Yeah. Um, resurrected bodies are different from mortal bodies. These are all things that are not too difficult uh, and were nice. Good reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah. Well, I my first initial reaction was uh, I forgot how uh, I, I just felt lucky because we I feel like we got a really easy one. Yeah. In the sense that like yeah, sure. both both, it was, both it the was hardest short. one and the easiest one because yeah. it was very short and it like features one of like a celebrity chapter where a celebrity chapter in the sense that like chapter 15 of first Corinthians, every verse is like a scripture mastery or is something that we've heard a million times. And it also has like all the heavy hitting doctrine. It's Mm -hmm. like all compact. And and I was like, geez, this chapter will not quit. Celebrity chapter. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, no, it's true. And there were some things in maybe that celebrity chapter. I'm not sure. Or it was 16 where I was just kind of like, Ooh, this is like really good doctrine that like we really preach and like other churches might not probably just skimmed over and just like mm-hmm. okay, um, when we'll get into it. Later Actually, on. I was very surprised by that, just in the sense of like they talk about baptism for the dead in fifteen, and then also you know the resurrection stuff. The resurrection. I was like, whoa, this and is like I'm telling you, fifteen is where it's at. I yeah. know everything's in fifteen. I had no idea. I had no I should have known. I should have known too, but for my in my mind, I thought it was going to be like only in the Book of Mormon or Doctrine right. and Covenants. Right. And then when I saw that, I was like, what the? Yeah. This is like in plain sight. Like anyone right. could know this or information. Or the kingdoms, the stars, yeah. all that. Yeah. It's, it's like when you watch Casablanca or All About Eve, and you're like, wait. 
I've that heard, or Hamlet when you're like listening to it and you're yeah. like, I've heard this a thousand. This is from this. this? Oh, this is yeah. from this too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh this is too. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's how funny. I felt. I was like, whoa. So yeah, celebrity chapter. Yeah. Okay, so let's get into it. So the first part um talks about I'll just kind of read and skim over because the church and its doctrines were relatively new in Corinth um it's understandable that Corinthian states encountered confusion Paul had previously taught them that the fundamental truth of the gospel that Christ died for our sins and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day but some members soon began teaching that there is no resurrection of the dead I thought this was really interesting because I was like, whoa, this like didn't happen that long Mm -mm. before. And yet people were like, meh, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. Totally unsurprising to me, actually. Really? Yes. And here's why. Because I served my mission in the Dominican Republic. Okay. And there's a lot. And it was the church had only been around since like the 1980s was when the church was allowed to go there after the dictatorships fell and everything. And they... uh, it's amazing to me when you have a whole crop of people where there, there isn't a culture of people who have been raised in the church. Yeah. It's just people who are converts to the church yeah. at various places in their life, like the people of Corinth would have been. Um, how quickly all kinds of crazy ideas can get in there mm, and yeah. can take hold. And, and I, I, crazy sounds diminutive, just different ideas that yeah. aren't based necessarily in the truth. And so it's like I was reading it this time. And I was thinking of my experience as a missionary and yeah. I was like, oh, I could easily see, especially when there's no internet, when it's oh, like a, yeah. total, a total silo of people that yes. have no connection to anyone else believing in the gospel. And you're like, and just one idea that one person shares in one testimony meeting yes. kind of picks up and then people really <laughs> like that. And yeah. then it like takes its own little thing. And then you have to have somebody like Paul be like, oh, okay, and he's let's all take hear- it back a little he's bit. He's hearing this from letters <laughs> yeah. too. He's like, not even there. This is like a response mm-hmm. to a letter that he got. I think, I think this no, is still right. Right. right? Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting that it's like, he's kind of correcting things yeah. and he's away from Corinth. Yeah. Um, so he can't even like kind of help inside the actual I don't know ward. What is it back then? They're like, like buildings where people like just okay, there houses is. and stuff. Oh, houses. Yes. Yeah. So they're like branches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Um, but I then, also feel yeah. like if I was alive then though, and someone was like that guy died and then he like rose from the dead, I'd be like, no. Like, yeah. I just don't. I don't know if I'd even believe it because if you think about that as well, how often does that happen? With they don't have modern medicine, it's not like they ever right. see anyone die and come yeah. back, really. And I guess Jesus would have kind of a reputation, but I can see that as well. Just being like, what are you talking about? That yeah. just doesn't happen. And this isn't Jerusalem, so no one was really around to yeah. hear the stories. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. this is Paul literally infiltrating them with the legend of Jesus Christ. Because again, yeah, no internet, no right. newspapers. This guy was on a cross or any of it. They're just sort of like all right i guess we'll believe in this random dude and i think that the good thing to remember is that like the only way that they start believing is through the holy ghost yeah testifying it and it's the same holy ghost that we have today right sometimes i forget like even like we will go into prophecy and it's like yeah like we have the same holy ghost that the prophet has yeah Mm. like oh my shirt is like undone it's okay I'm like, Ladies and gentlemen, she's disrobing on the podcast. I've already got half of mine out, so. Julia's showing shoulders. We've gone off the rails. Jordan's slowly like, I'm getting in on this one. It is warm and I am unbuttoning my shirt. Oh just turn it into like, let's go slow and easy. <laughs> 
Don't make me laugh. Me. Then I just get even more hot. Okay. I know. All right. So um, Paul implored them to keep in memory the truth they had been taught. And I kind of just wrote in similarly, like, we forget simple truths. Um, I think even someone shared a testimony of like how they forgot simple truths. It just, it just happens. Like we forget the big miracles in our lives. And even within like them, I'm sure they, they learned about Jesus Christ and his resurrection and then just kind of like, it kind of just fell off and they forgot about it in ways. So, um, and it says when we encounter conflicting opinions about the gospel truths, it is good to remember that God is not author of confusion, but of peace. And I also wrote in a side note of like, I totally believe in this because whenever I've had confusions about the gospel, it might have taken some time, but I eventually gained that peace. Um, and yeah, I just, I totally believe that like through time and patience, you can gain that peace from your confusions. So, yeah, I think the thing that's kind of interesting about that idea that God is one of peace, uh, is that you kind of have to it's sort of a metaphor for life, but you have to travel through the confusion in order to even Mm -hmm. recognize the peace to begin with, but also to accept it. Because if your life is a continually peaceful state, you don't really recognize it or anything really pushes you out of it. So for me, when I read that, I think my first inclination was like, not really, like there's so many things that kind of bother me or that like I have questions about or like God didn't answer this or that or whatever. And then I get frustrated and like, you say that you are or whatever. So it's good for me to remember on a regular basis, like, oh, that's like the end goal. And you have to sort of traverse a journey in order to find that. It takes a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that like, even within any kind of like storybook, there's always like, the good and the bad, right? Yeah. That conflict. Have you ever watched a movie and you're like, just not satisfied because there was no conflict? Yeah. It was just really easy for the person to get through their journey. Captain Marvel. Oh, there you go. Yes. Yeah. Except that's a negative. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of boring yeah. when it's like that. And I'm, I'm grateful for the confusion because it makes it interesting. I guess to like do that struggle he does, work. He, he likes to beautify and give variety, and I feel like <laughs> yeah. that is like true for our lives as yeah. well, like experiences. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, I was. Uh, this is an interesting. Okay. Sorry, if we're getting ahead of no, ourselves, you can do like it. I'm pace us back. I was just gonna jump to in for, in Corinthians fourteen that the the context leading up to that scripture yeah. of verse thirty three, um, where he says. Um, for if anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one, that all may learn, and all may be comforted. And then in 33 he says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And I thought that was really interesting, because first of all, today is Fast Sunday. Yeah. And I feel like the that whole area kind of reminded me of what an idealized fast and testimony meeting really is, is exactly that, where it's individuals who have received prophecy which i wrote is like probably just personal revelation yeah. mm-hmm. um individuals who've received personal revelation for themselves and only have authority over themselves but then yeah. they share that and ideally to one or maybe many other people mm-hmm. it comes as comfort and peace in their confusion as well yeah and i also especially think as somebody i value knowledge a lot like i really like answers and clarity. Mm-hmm. And so even though I love that scripture that the God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, it also 
I find frustratingly interesting that it's not the parody isn't confusion and clarity. It's confusion uh, and, and peace. peace. It's like God is not promising that you will know or understand anything really. Yeah, <laughs> He's no, just it's promising true. that you'll be okay. Yeah, that you're you're gonna find comfort in, in yes. whatever that is. You'll have an end result that is peaceful. Like and so often I feel like I feel like I struggle with feeling like I'm not getting answers to prayer because I'm not getting answers. When in reality, God is like, I just told you yeah. you will find peace. Yeah. Not necessarily the answer. Right. And like, and that is really hard for me to square. And I don't really have anything else to say about that no, other no. than like, it was nice to read and think like, okay. I mean, he did say that. He did tell me that uh, he wasn't necessarily going to answer those questions. <laughs> I find comfort too that uh, even the people of Corinth, I can relate to. But like, I can relate to these people that were struggling understanding the gospel because I'm still struggling to understand the gospel. And if they were back then, that's pretty cool too. Like we're all kind of connected in a way as saints, mm. um, trying to figure this out together, mm-hmm. even from the past. Yeah. So it's kind of beautiful. It yeah, is kind of a beautiful that. thing. Yeah. I'm learning that I'm understanding the saints of Corinth a lot more through come follow me because I have the same questions and I'm seeking things the same that they were. Mm. So, um, yeah, that's kind of cool. Um, and then, all right. So that's kind of basically the end of that section. So now we can go move forward to first Corinthians 14. I can seek the gift of prophecy. So this one, it talked about, um, have you ever wondered what the gift of prophecy is? I said, yeah, of course. And then it says, is it the ability to predict the future? Can anyone receive this gift or is it just for prophets? And then it goes on and talks about the president of the church is the only person who can prophesy for and receive a relation on behalf of the whole church. However, the guide to the scriptures defines prophecy as divinely inspired words of, or writings which a person receives through revelation from the Holy Ghost. When a person prophesies, he speaks of or writes that which God wants him to know for his own good or good for of others. And then later it does talk about in Revelations 19.10 that it's defined as the spirit of prophecy as a testimony of Jesus Christ, which I think is really interesting that anyone can have the gift of prophecy if they believe and have a testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I I, like... We both answer it. <laughs> this is so interesting, especially because I think in general, you know, when we got patriarchal blessings, yeah. the origin story of like, don't tell anyone what your patriarchal blessing says is because like back in the day with blessings, often people would be like, oh, I have the gift of healing. And then everyone in the community would gather up and that doesn't really have faith or any of that involved with it so we are always like keep it on a dl and i think we in general don't really talk about what our spiritual gifts are but they're a lifetime it's a lifetime experience to try to figure out what yours are and how to use them so this one i like just because they ask so often of you figure that you should covet this which that's kind of a key word that's interesting that they put that in like you should want it desire it see it in others and want it and desire it and like value it enough that you get it for yourself and uh in general i just think that is really interesting and specific um especially because this whole letter these all these chapters is him basically trying to set people straight so he's it's a conundrum of him being like figure it out on your own and here's the basics like 
you're wrong, but try again. <laughs> try again. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's really interesting. And honestly, I feel the same way about church now. Nelson's really, his focus is a lot on personal revelation. Yes. And he says a lot, if you, like no one, you never need to worry about who to trust because you can only trust yourself and the spirit will guide you. Again, that weird unification thing where yeah. it's the same spirit forever. Yeah. Um, he really focuses on that. And that actually brings me a lot of peace because I don't have to blindly follow anything. And it's the same for these saints and any yeah. other saint of like, hey, figure it out on your own. Keep trying. You were wrong. We'll keep bringing you back to the basics, which is the right. atonement. Yes, focus on the chapter. Yeah. And then go from there. And like use that tool of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Because that's going to get you there. Yeah. So it's like fine tuning that tool of listening and using the Holy Ghost. Um, Some things that it it asks is like, how can you accept this invitation? Or it also talks about what did you learn about the spiritual gift from those chapters? They list um, 1 Corinthians 14, 3, 31, and then 39 through 40. I wrote down, like, it's supposed to, like, edify and comfort us, and God trusts us to to have that gift for ourselves, which I think is really cool, too, that um, he really trusts us enough to use the Holy Ghost and to make our own decisions um, and receive revelation, which is pretty powerful. Something that I love about this chapter is that it says in verse 10, There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them is without signification, Um, if I said that right. But what I like about that is, it's kind of in the the midst of talking about, like, you should learn the language of the people that you're speaking to so that you at least don't have a communication barrier. So it's kind of presented in a negative. But what I like about it is that it says, like, no voice is without significance, and purpose. And I like the idea that as we talk about this over and over is that as a church and as a religion, we are a body of Christ. Yes. And every single function part of our body, like none of us are appendixes. Like we're all here mm-hmm. to serve a function and we should be so happy that there's a new voice, however that's manifested. And with each experience that we have and with each that, um, with every time that we try to use the gift of prophecy of revelation that's just adding more to the pie like you're yeah. just bringing in more and i love that idea too because it's sort of saying like no one's without significance and also we need you in order to be a full body yes um a lot of these like well because it's the same letter i i believe yeah um a lot of this is about unity within the church and um, unity within the saints, what's going on, because there was like a lot of confusion and probably a lot of diversity and differences and people are now, you know, coming up with their own ideas. And so I like how the overall message for all these chapters or just for First Corinthians is unity. Yeah. Which is really beautiful. Um, I think sometimes we can get caught up in unification, meaning singularity, only in the sense that like we lose our uniqueness as individuals. Right. So I like, again, this is stupid, but that each voice in their own way is very, we all have our own fingerprint. We all need to be unique and individual, I guess is the best way. So how do you find unity in individuality? Right. There's something that um, someone said in the previous episode of Come Follow Me podcast where they're like, unity does not mean sadness, Mm -hmm. which I really like. Yeah. Well, it's to give the most cliche metaphor of all time. (laughs) um, 
it does remind me of uh, like a choir. You'd never accuse oh. a choir of not being unified, right. but you can have like eight parts and people singing entirely different notes, mm-hmm. but together it's definitely one thing. And if everyone were singing unison, that would be boring and not yeah. rich, you know, like it, it's not, that's not what's being asked. Could yeah. you imagine if they're just all monotone, just <laughs> one voice? Yeah, that was a... Gregorian chant? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a historical thing that we kind of tracked on through. <laughs> we, we learned pretty quickly that was not... Not the way to go. Not the most fun thing to listen to. All right, guys, we're halfway there. And it's getting even hotter. Okay. First Corinthians 14, 34 through 35. Why did Paul say women should keep silent in the church? All right, Julia, take it away. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Woo! I actually did so much research on this. Okay, great, because I did it. So. Okay. It's really actually pretty fascinating. So if you read about, like, I'm actually not a scriptorian at all. When I read the scriptures, I say, like, I took seminary and I know of scripture mastery, but I never memorize anything. I just don't care. I'm more interested in sort of the spirit of the scriptures and context doesn't usually interest me. But in this case, it does because uh, anyone can tell it's like a sort of a problematic verse. Yes. Um, But it says basically, let your women keep silent in the churches for it is not permitted unto them to speak, um, but they are commanded to be under obedience and as also saith the law. And then it basically is like, just ask your husbands. <laughs> yeah, that's um, right. There's that yeah, yeah. scripture. Yeah. like, uh, just go to your husband. Yeah, it's a shame for women to speak in church is literally what it says. Um, <laughs> and so when you're reading that, that can kind of cause a, kind of cause a hiccup, yes. I would say. Um, yes. So I did some digging. So the context of this is that a woman named Chloe was writing to Paul. And oh. basically because she was the person who was hosting a ward basically in her house. And so she, as a lot of, I researched this online and most of them were just generalized Christian beliefs because general Christianity loves scripture study yeah, and yeah. Mormons, we kind of let everyone just figure it out on their own. Yeah. And so that's what this vague uh, booklet's for. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of people talk about how pretty much all of these chapters are him addressing specific things. So he's quoting mm-hmm. in a lot of them, things that she brought up. So like someone said this, like, is that a problem? And then he addresses it. So the first argument is that perhaps he's just addressing that she had brought this up, that someone had said, like, uh, like it's a quote instead of him saying this or declaring it. He's saying, Oh yeah, like this is, I'm addressing that you said it, but don't worry about it kind of thing. Okay. Cause then he goes on to talk about like immediately following what came the word of God out from you or came it from only if any man think himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things that I write unto you are the commandments of the Lord. If he be ignorant, he's ignorant. If he's not, then not like figure it out basically. Yeah. So there's the first theory is that he's like, I know that you said this, that women shouldn't speak, but figure it out for yourself. Like you should go and speak with people and clarify that. Yeah. Um, a lot of people also bring up in the um, booklet. Yeah. What is it called? Come follow me. Yeah. Is it a pam? What is it? A booklet? Is- yeah. A manual. A manual. Okay. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. <laughs> in the manual, it refers to um, Corinthians 11, and it brings us to uh, verse five, which mm-hmm. says, "But every woman that prayeth or prophesieth with her head uncovered or whatever." Yeah. It basically gives reference to women who are praying and prophesying and it says nothing about them not being able to do that. So it's kind of weirdly contradictory in that strange way. 
Um, and then also he references later in chapter 16, the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. So that's reference to two other women who are also leading congregations in their houses in the same area. Look at these women leading these congregations. Right. So the next one, the idea, basically those ones basically say that it's contradictory in its own letter. Yeah. Like it's not even just, it's a random thing. So some people think it's interpolation that someone who is translating the scriptures just sort of put that in a side note as their own motive. They just wanted to say it. And then someone else who took that translation saw that side note and thought it was an insertion. And so then they wrote it in as if it was like canon. But interestingly enough, it doesn't fit in where Paul would have normally said it. It doesn't fit the rhyme or reason. If you skip from 33 to 36, it actually goes very well. So it's kind of a weird thing that people think, oh, some random translator just accidentally bopped I it in. I see that. Finally, um, there also is this idea that the history of what's going on in Corinth at the time yeah. is it was kind of brought low and then came back. I think the Romans, I'm not a huge historian, so I yeah. might get my words wrong. Apologies to all audience. <laughs> it was brought back and now it's sort of this city that's an in-between for trade. It's a trade city. Okay. So it's really enormously diverse, yeah. but it's also Grecian. So a lot of these people are coming from Greek backgrounds, which means they're worshiping like women and gods, especially of beauty. Oh. And because of that, there's a lot of like free love. It's 60s. Like, you know, <laughs> sin is great. We love it. Yeah. Sin, it they don't even understand the concept of what they're doing is wrong. If anything, yeah. it's sort of like, wait, this is just how we live kind of thing. So having a Jewish person come in and say like, no, actually you need to abstain from these things yeah. would be kind of radical and also pointless to them. Yeah. And a lot of those things are the temples at the time would have been to these Greek gods. And because of that, all the prophetesses yeah. and the priestesses would have been women, but they also would have been kind of prostitutes because again free love celebrating the body all of this thing yeah. so there's also this idea that when paul said this he was sort of saying hey like we're not that thing right and in the translation it became kind of weird as well um there's a joseph smith translation where he inserts um instead of like speak it's rule. it's rule but that doesn't that really is, help really, me yeah, it didn't either help me but either. i feel like what I would wrap this around to, though, is because this chapter is about prophecy. Yes. This these this is a prime example of when you find something in the gospel or in anything in your life that causes confusion for you. Mm -hmm. It's a time for you to remember, first of all, that God is one of peace. And then also to just take your questions to whatever it is that you do, whatever your pattern is, if it's scripture study, if it's prayer, if it's yeah. consulting with friends and yeah. this kind of thing, if it's referring to modern day revelation or whatever it might yeah. be. Um, because like all of this is about, there's no limit to what you can find out on your own. And I'm sure like for me personally, I've never had an issue with feeling this is back in the day, but as we know, we live in a patriarchal society and specifically very patriarchal church. Yeah. And we don't, women don't have the priesthood and right. a lot of women have struggled with that. Yeah. And personally, that's not something that's ever been an issue for me because I've always just felt really empowered in my own right. Um, thanks mom. But I feel like, and I, I feel like women do a lot in the church. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm always yeah. like, eh, but guys do some things. Yeah. <laughs> 
but I feel like it was this nice moment for me of like, that doesn't really give cause a hiccup for me because I understand my worth and my relationship with God intimately. So it doesn't make me feel like I need to be silenced in any way because honestly, I already know that that's not true. And honestly, try and I'll, I can't be quiet. I feel like even within you just describing that and talking about that, it gave me a lot of peace and understanding too. And I agree, like talking to friends and talking about these things and studying together, you probably uncover more truth that way. It's so weird when you think that the scriptures are also historical texts. And if you just sit down, like the history of the world is involved in these scriptures. Like Jordan was saying with his mission, these are brand new saints. Like these are women who are just gathering people in their houses like we're doing now, just saying like, okay, like let's try to do this. They don't know. And this also is a pretty unorganized religion as far as we're in a very organized religion now. So we're in the precursor to the apostasy. Things are getting mixed up. Hairy. Yeah. So it's interesting to put that in there and, and, and how often we don't do that for the people in our lives. When you don't like, when you look at other people and they say something that offends you and you don't realize what backgrounds they come from and how, when you put anything in context, suddenly it makes more sense and it's much easier to digest usually. Yeah. 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 No, I love that. Okay. Do you have anything to add? I mean, I've, I, that, that's helpful to me. I didn't do any of that research. I didn't do the research either. I feel like, uh, (laughs) yeah, no, that's, that's what, this is what church is about Mm -hmm. is that we come together and instruct each other and both are edified. And is that Doctrine and Covenants 50, whatever. Oh, (laughs) I know a lot about this. (laughs) (laughs) All right. We're almost done. Okay. First Corinthians 15, one through 34, 53 through 58. Jesus Christ gained victory over death. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is so fundamental to Christianity. One might say that without it, there is no Christianity. Take that and think about it. <laughs> to use Paul's words, That's then... put that in your pipe. <laughs> no, to say it, but an edited version. <laughs> we don't understand that reference. <laughs> <laughs> to use Paul's words... Then is our preaching vain and your faith is also vain. So yet some of the Corinthian saints were teaching that there would be no resurrection of the dead. As you read Paul's response in 1 Corinthians 15, take a moment to ponder how your life would be different if you did not believe in the resurrection. I was actually thinking about this in sacrament because that would be, yeah, it'd be hard. And there's been times where I'm like, like people were talking about like, um, in fast and testimony, meaning like, you know, that they weren't so active, but then they come here and they feel like they're at peace and they're home and kind of like Jesus Christ and like the resurrection and the atonement. That is that like peaceful comfort that I get when I think about it. And without it, I feel like I'm in chaos and it's like sad and lonely and despair. It's like, that is the hope is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. How do you guys feel? I, it's interesting. I really loved, I was surprised. First Corinthians 15, just like verses one straight through. Um, like there's a moment where uh, Paul says, he's describing how many times Jesus was seen, like basically giving the case. Yeah. Of, and, and, I, and I like how straightforward, I was just talking about how God is a God of peace, not necessarily yeah. of clarity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I actually really like the clarity of this because he just is like, I declare unto you the gospel, which I preached unto you and which you've also received and wherein ye stand. 
And then he just like goes through like Christ existed. He yeah. died for your sins. He was resurrected. It's like very didactic, very clear. Um, and I, there's a part where he says, uh, and last of all, he was seen of me. Um, describing like how Christ was resurrected and was seen by hundreds of people yeah. as a resurrected being. Um, so I feel like the Paul's personal testimony of it is like very, uh, I was just surprised by how powerful that was. And bold. And yes, and just very, very straightforward. Um, yeah. Uh, so I just, I really liked that aspect of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, the resurrection, it's interesting. It, it, it's never been something that's given me more or less peace. Um, and maybe I'm speaking out of ignorance. I've never had anybody profoundly close to me pass. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I can't imagine how much peace that may bring. Yeah. As it is now, uh, for me, if there's anything about the gospel and Christ specifically in yeah. his min- ministry or mission, that is what gives me peace. Um, I feel like it's the... It is the uh, the community of the atonement, I guess. Like, As I say, the atonement is the atonement pretty is core. What it Being is able me. to be forgiven of your sins is pretty big. And not even that. I mean, oh, really? yes, it is for sure. Yeah. I mean, just like personally, it's the idea of like there's something to me the most like the most transcendent part of all of Christianity is the atonement. Mm-hmm. But it's that it's the uh, it's the idea that it's almost like. Um, like an apology <laughs> from God. Yeah, yeah. But like, mm. this is so hard. Like I've, I've asked the empathy, so maybe. much from you. I will, I will do it too. Yeah. Like I will do everything too. And I will feel it too. And I will do it all yeah. with you. And like that whole part of it is like, that's the peace that I find. Yeah. And like, even if we all dissolve into nothing afterward and there is no resurrection, which is not the, the case, I find a lot of comfort just well, in that. It's nice to know that like, it's kind of like humanity. Like they, they understand the human beings and kind and what we're going through. Cause they are like, God is God. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, oh, I don't know. Do you, do you understand what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> and what I love is that God is God. And, but nonetheless, he condescended to us yeah. in not, and in that, like, it wasn't enough just that he was God. He literally was like, I will be physically there with you. Yeah. My son will be there. A part of me like, is there. It's, it's it's not that I just understand it because I understand everything. I understand it because I did it. Yeah. Like, that's what I think is, like, the key part of the atonement. Yeah. Is that love? Yeah. hmm Yeah. Love it. It is that interesting thing, too. Like, you were saying, like, you haven't had anyone die, but whenever something happens to you, it doesn't have to be death. When you meet someone who's gone through, not the same because it can't be the same, but similar experiences, that weird solidarity, that moment of eye contact of like, oh, there's a connection here that's really special. That is how it's that unification tool that we were talking about earlier is weirdly the thing that unites us the most as humankind is pain and hardship. And he, I think, understood that as well on that weird spiritual level. And so it is kind of paradoxical that he's the god of peace but in our pain or whatever it is is where we kind of find each other yeah most often i love it last section guys let's do it first corinthians 15 35 through 54 resurrected bodies are different from mortal bodies Mm -hmm. have you ever wondered was what a resurrected body is like i said oh yes (laughs) 
I would be very interested. Like, wouldn't you be interested to see it? Like, physically, like, see it? Like, just what it would look like? Exhibit A, B, and C. Telestial, Yeah, just, like, show me every single version. Like, I want to see it. Um, But then also, I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of scary to, like, because I was reading Saints, and, like, people would just, like, pop up out of nowhere and, like, start talking to Saints, or, like, they would see him in, like, temples and stuff like that. And, like, that'd be intense. So... Spooky. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I don't have a very curious nature. I, like, to me, in You're my like, head, I'm just like, it's going to look like a person. Really? Like, a resurrected body is going to look like, an, like, yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't, like, to me, it's also the other thing of, um. But is it like your hair is really shiny? I don't know. The most conditioned hair. <laughs> yeah, the, the most, most beautifully conditioned, conditioned hair. hair you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> This is that thing with me. I don't know what why I am this way, but it's like I saw the picture of Joseph Smith in the garden, and yeah, like yeah. that's someone's painting. It's not a picture, but yeah. I was like, okay, checks out. <laughs> so I've never, I've never questioned it from yeah. there. Yeah, I just want to meet a, a Nephite. That's Ooh. one of the three. Oh, that's what I. That's what I'm. That's on your bucket about. list. That's me. Yes. People can pop out of the ground and be like, lame. Give me some money. <laughs> Who's been walking around forever. That's what I want. Um, so then, okay, it talks about in 1 Corinthians 15, 30, basically 35 through 54, I guess. No, I guess verses 40 through 42. Um, it talks about the bodies are like, just as the sun, moon, and stars, the glory is different in brightness. Um, and we kind of touched about this in the very beginning that I just did not know that those chap like those verses were in there mm-hmm. in First Corinthians. I was a little like, whoa, shocked. Um, but I don't know why I should have been, but I was. Um, I also can I just say yeah. I also love Paul's exasperation that you can like hear in the letter that's been through translations and <laughs> centuries and yeah. even thousands of years yeah. <laughs> because you can hear him being like, Oh, like why are they then baptized for the dead? If the dead rise, not yeah. all? why then? Like everything is like, so he's like, so at the end of his rope, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> trying so hard to be nice about it, but he's just like, guys, Come this on. is fundamental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just appreciate the, a little bit of a uh, apostle frustration yeah he was human dude that, yeah but um any other kind of thoughts about it i didn't really have too many thoughts yeah to me it's just a guide that's sort of that no one will really understand um you don't have to keep this in but i always think it's funny my grandma loves to quote anytime it says like in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last Trump oh. for the trumpet shall, shall sound she loves that she's like of course trump had to be president <laughs> Because the Trump had to sound in the last day. That's funny. But she has, she's adding like, that. She has a portrait of Donald Trump. Yeah. Oh, she loves and him. So to her, she loves. Yeah. So oh. to her, it's like he when the election was happening, she's like, Julia, Trump will be president because oh the Trump gosh. has to sound in the last days. And I was like, oh, it can sound. It just doesn't have to be president. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but she anyway. can get her own personal revelation, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's like whatever she feels. Yeah. One of the things that I think is the most interesting for me in this chapter is actually right here at the end. And it talks about, um, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is thy, thy victory? It's sort of like this nice soliloquy, sort of Shakespearean. And then he says, the death, the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. Um, but thanks be to God, which give us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. All of that is kind of fascinating to me in sort of a weird way, just because I think um, 
it's weird that humans need, we need to know that death is final in order to make life have meaning in this weird way or the opposite. Like nothing I do matters. And it's just this, it's an ongoing Yeah, there's no in between. (laughs) Yeah, it's just this, I was thinking about this as I was reading how throughout history, like you were talking about, we really haven't evolved at all. Like <laughs> we're still asking the same fundamental questions. As, as a like a genome species, as a species, yeah. we haven't changed. We are still asking the same questions. Like yeah. the Galapagos turtle is so different from what it was when we started, but here we are, sort of being like, "What's the point?" <laughs> and I feel like it's so fascinating that like we have legends of people who want the eternal life, right? The cup of immortality to drink from Mm it. Um, It's been this pursuit forever, like the Greek legends of this pursuit of life and immortality and what does any of it mean? We're still asking this question. And it's so fascinating that like even in a religion where we feel that we have the answer, it's still so hard to visualize. But I like this idea of like for the emo angsty people out there it's sort of like no there's significance even if there's life after death because for me eternal life doesn't seem like a gift it seems like a curse like oh my gosh (laughs) i'm gonna have to do this forever but it's this beautiful idea but the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is in the law and it's this idea that like what we do matters but in a weird different way yeah like it's um the permanence is sort of like what we're doing here. It's a weird, it's a weird twist on sin, I guess. But I think that it's beautiful. The idea that um, the permanence of death or why death matters as a physical body is actually because of what we experienced in life. And in a lot of ways, the sin that we did and what we learned from. And it doesn't really mean like be intentional with your sin, but also know that that is something that like carries with you and is a learning thing that will transcend life (laughs) and bodies and if your hair is shiny and you don't have any scars or whatever it is you get to carry those with you and um like we were talking about before who carries more of them than christ because he quite literally lived all of our sins all of our shortcomings all our pains and he felt the sting of death in the worst possible way and that again it's sort of a weird twist but it's in those things, I think that we find our, our way in the church. Yeah. And there's no accident uh, to me in the idea that we are incapable of becoming perfect, but perfection is the goal, yeah. which means that we will continually and permanently fail until yeah. we are resurrected. And I just like that idea that, uh, I don't know if any of this really makes that much sense, but the idea that these chapters kind of sum up so much of the gospel, like figure it out on your own, have a personal relationship with God, but know that you will fall and that like in death, you will find the lack of peace, but it's because of this that you will find that peace that you were looking for. And I like the idea that like my spiritual scars will carry with me, even if, you know, my resurrected twinkling of an eye, Trump sounding body is, (laughs) perfect that we all get to you'll remember those things that happened on earth Mm -hmm. yeah and also we get to wrap this up with a beautiful reference of the lack of toxic masculinity because it says all the brethren greet you greet one another with a holy kiss 
There you go. Isn't that nice? That is nice. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> He's like, everyone, give us a kiss. Give us a kiss. <laughs> is that the yes. end of, like, his this letter? letter. Mm-hmm. The and end. then, yeah, my love be with second. you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. And it's then, also a really beautiful ending, wow, too. Yeah. Another, yeah. Another very direct and simple, clear, clear like, just nice ending. Also... Yeah plugging very oh, briefly not yeah an what do you plug. no i've never had anyone plug anything so what are you plugging today nothing All audible say, <laughs> brought to you by audible and simply safe um, no the, simply safe is on here i have simply safe did you see that yes, and i was like i listened to too many podcasts um but no i was going to say speaking of like choirs and celebrity chapter and this ending of uh chapter yeah. 16 is that 15? yeah 16 yeah. Uh, one of my favorite songs from Handel's Messiah is quoting from there, But Thanks Be to God uh, and O Death, O Death, Where Is Thy Sting. Both are songs and they're great and you guys should listen to them when you have a chance. Hey, Plug. Tie it in. Tie it in. <laughs> Handel's Messiah. Handel's still going strong. Still going strong. 1600s to now. Let's Keeping go. it current. Let's Keeping go. it tight. You guys, since we just finished, how did you feel studying Come Follow Me this way? knowing that you were going to be on a podcast. Was it different? It changed everything. It did? Yeah, for me. I have so little patience for Come Follow Me oh, interesting. in general. Okay. Just because I'm just like, it's this workbook, but it's kind of vague. Sure. And it's hard for me to really find interest. But then when I was thinking, oh, I have to explain it or yes. have like interesting thoughts about it. Suddenly I was like, because if I had read the woman thing yes, on my own, on your I would have been like... <sighs> stupid and passed it by and I, but then I yeah. was like now someone's holding me accountable to this knowledge and like yeah. to this verse so yeah. what am what am I going to do with it and I was like okay well now I have to do my homework yeah. yeah and so it for me it was actually really helpful in the way of like oh now and I understand why they say like meet together and talk about come yes me. isn't it different that we talked in a small group yeah because I feel like I got way more out of it than maybe if mm-hmm. I was like doing it on my own or maybe yeah. just With went a huge into group. yeah went into just like Sunday school not had studied it and just been like what was it about yeah yeah to the manual's credit and to the creators of the manual's credit it definitely is like it functions almost exclusively as a discussion manual it yes. if you if it's just for if it's solely for personal uh study I, it's it's it is not that in- not yeah. that helpful not as helpful as it would be and is as a group yeah, yeah, I think it, we can Source. put that in context, too, of, like, there's a lot of manuals where it's, like, a step-by-step guide to help yeah. you digest the scriptures. Like, yeah. when I there's was a little a, kid, yeah. I remember that. reading, like, a picture book version that'd be like, this is what it's actually saying. Right. right. And this is definitely not that. Like, there are no way really helping you. Nope. Sometimes they give you little plugs of, right. like, this is what this means. Right. So and like, you're like, oh, okay. For the women thing, that's nice that they sort of were like, hey, but oh, like, right here, First Corinthians yeah. 11, 5, they're like, they don't yeah. <laughs> want you to go too far down in the other way. Like, yeah. They don't want you to read it and become discouraged. Yeah. But they also are just like, hey, figure it out. And, figure it out. And go for yourself. And for me, it was just that weird, helpful thing of like, um, how do I explain this? But also, how do I feel about it, actually? So that yeah. if someone asks me, which that's what this is, yeah. I can be accountable and articulate in doing it. And you did. Yeah. And it was beautiful. Yeah. And the other thing, too, for me is like, I think... Mormons in particular, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, yes. we are taught a lot to study the Book of Mormon. 
Yes. And so I feel really overwhelmed by the Bible usually. And so Especially was, once you get into the like these these first Corinthians, yes. you got Romans, and you're yes. like, what's going on with the mm-hmm. church? I don't know. Yes. But actually, weirdly, I like this so much more than I like reading the stereotypical cliche stories of Jesus Christ. Oh. Because I just know them so well. It's hard for me to really pick things more out of, more out of it. Whereas when I sit down and I, I'm trying to digest this, and again, like reading in the context and going back and figuring all that out, it's more helpful to me and something that I wouldn't do on my own. And like, for, I've always felt so clunky and uncomfortable with baptisms for the dead. Yeah. And like, we don't need to Bible bash anyone, but it's how easy is it for me now to just be like, oh, they reference that in the, like, it's based yeah. on old te- uh, or New Testament thing. New yeah. Testament ideology. Yeah. And how that kind of just makes it easier to seem not quite so like, Weird or even religion. like the glories. Yeah. I always thought like, oh, I got to pull out the Book of Mormon. I yeah. don't. Yeah. You just, it's right there. Yeah. First Corinthians. Mm-hmm. So it's nice for the layman, at least for me, to just feel like, oh, like I can relate to this too in a weird yeah. way. Because I feel like I own the Book of Mormon. Yeah. But this is something that I've always been sort of intimidated by because I never felt like I could, dif- it's so, there's so much girth. Oh, know? yeah. <laughs> um, And I just felt like I couldn't, if um, anyone had approached me on the street and been like, hey, these are scriptures, like, blah, blah, blah. I'd be like, like So it's know. kind of exciting for me to be like, oh, that's that's what the point of this is. It's not just to be like, Bleh, but to understand where you come from and yeah. the origin stories. And to relate to these saints are pretty cool. Yeah. Think about it. Yeah. But um, these ladies are just like out here baking cookies, having people meet me in their I houses. That's like that was the church, you <laughs> That's know. <freaking> awesome. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much. Of course. And sorry that we had to sweat it out. I'm not. That's yeah, like, you oh, seem oh, way cooler than us. <laughs> yeah, we're like. <laughs> It's like that's like they do that at retreats, right? Like they have like sweat lodges. It's like it's a little sauna here. Well, can I get a